The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the birds papaya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. Hey, it's Mariana and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I've got Michaeline DeJoya. She is the CEO of Paul Mitchell. I have loved this brand for so long. I feel like Paul Mitchell is just one of those brands and products that I've used for as long as I can remember. And the company was founded and started by her father. But from a very young age, she knew that she wanted this job when she grew up. So she took years learning experience, the ins and outs of the brand and working her way up so that she really understood all the parts of the business. And I love that she was willing to learn all of these different departments. So when she she became CEO, she was really prepared to lead the company. We talk about motherhood and family and female empowerment and how the beauty industry has evolved over the years. And before we get into this amazing episode, be sure to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday. Now let's hear from Michaeline. Okay. So I read somewhere that you wrote yourself in preschool that you wanted to hurry up and grow up so you could be the CEO of Paul Mitchell. How did you know at such a young age that this was what you wanted to do? That is a true story. And I really don't know. I came in with it. It felt like my calling. Is that intense to say? I just, I knew from my gut and my soul that that was the thing that I was driving toward. I couldn't get out of school fast enough because I wanted to go play work with all the grownups. And I now get to play work with grownups. It's honestly (laughs) how I think about it every day. I love my job. I love that too, because I feel like I felt something similar, not that this was what I wanted to do, but I just felt from really young age, I was born destined to do something great. And I didn't know what it was, but it was like this driving force inside of me. And I wanted to rush through school and just hurry up and start working. Like I didn't want to go through like the college experience. I wanted to start like my career. Yes. I was like, did you feel like your life was waiting for you and you were just trying to hurry up and get to it? That's how I felt. I always felt that way. And I always felt like when I was younger, I always related to and resonated with older people. Like I always felt like the adults in my life, like I could connect with them more because there was something in them. Like I I wasn't like, oh, I want to go to like a college party. I was like, oh, I want to get my first job. Like I want to work. Like this was always what I wanted to do. And now that I get to do it, it's like the best feeling because it's like the things that you wanted to do when you were little manifested itself (laughs) as an adult. To everything you just said, same. I was like, I was never interested in doing the kids stuff, doing the high school football games and the college parties. I just, I don't know what it was, but I was always such the outsider kid because like I could get along with anybody, but I just couldn't really relate to kids. And that part of my childhood just wasn't appealing to me. I wanted to work. I wanted to learn. I wanted to have grown up conversations. I wanted to challenge my thinking. I just, I came in really thirsty for knowledge and really open to experiences and learning and just having adventures and, you know, screwing up and learning from that. I just, I think life is so beautiful in that way. And I really just couldn't wait to get to all of it. And you've gotten there now. You are now the CEO of Paul Mitchell. When I saw the news come out, I was so excited for you. And obviously like growing up with your dad, that was something you aspired to do. So how did his career and you watching him, like what about it made you want to do this as a job now? 
Well, first of all, thank you for being happy for me when you read that. That's really sweet. You know, watching how much he loved what he was doing and watching what a positive impact he had on so many people's lives, even through simple conversations in the hallway at work or through things that he would do when we would just pop in and visit a stylist. It really shows you the power of one person. I think a lot of us don't realize that every single thing we do has a ripple effect through the rest of the universe. Even when it's moving your water bottle, everything impacts something else. And when we really feel that and we really understand, wow, each of us has not only the opportunity to, but an involuntary opportunity, we do it all the time to impact the world it carries a lot of great weight. And I think it's exciting to know that you can do that in a positive way and be a force for good. And I was really lucky to have a front row seat to someone who knew that and who did that. He's always taken that responsibility really seriously and his passion for what he did and the way he just spread such goodness. I was like, God, I want to do that. I want to be a person who people see and it makes them happy. I have chills like on my body. And I was just thinking about even when I was growing up and I would open the magazine, I feel like he was so ahead of his time too, of like putting himself forward facing. And like, I really knew there was a person and a family and a man behind this brand. And it just made you so much more connected to it versus like other corporate companies where it was just models and it didn't feel as personal and connected. And it's like, this is a feeling that I've had with the brand for decades. Absolutely. And it's so cool because I think that he kind of set this precedent and for me personally, but I do actually think he did this on a professional level too. And on a social level, he kind of broke this rule and set a precedent that business people can be humans. He's always just been himself. So you did see his face. You did see us in ads. You did, you know, the famous baby don't cry ad that still lives on was taken when I was like four years old with the bubbles of us, like touching noses. And that picture people love so much. And it was an accident. I was with him at work and it was like our first photo shoot. We were just, you know, becoming a thing. And he was just playing bubbles with me during the break because I had stitches on my chin. So I was home from school, from preschool, wherever I was. And that picture just happened to go out. And I think the reason why it still lives is because it was just two humans doing human things. And it wasn't on brand. There was no such thing as on brand at that point. You know, we were cruelty-free, sustainable from the beginning. He was earth conscious always. He would always put like green juice in our lunches. And we were the ones that had like recycled paper towels that were like a really ugly brown. He's always just been really thoughtful of his impact of the things and the planet and people around him. And it's rad as a company to do that. At the time he got so much grief for people saying, you don't know what you're doing. You're clearly an amateur business person. No one is not testing on animals. It's more expensive. It's this, it's da, da, da. And now look, all these huge companies are like, oh, we're so proud to announce we're not testing on animals anymore. And we're like, we haven't really been patting ourselves on the back for it because we didn't think we were doing anything phenomenal. We thought we were just doing the right thing to do. And I think that that organic kind of running of a business and running of your life is infectious. And it is a cool example. And he was brave enough as this just really positive hippie kind of guy with really, really smart business sense stacked against him. And he went out and just did the right thing and was grateful and it worked. And I think it's inspired others to do that. It really has because building a brand with longevity and becoming like a household name is not an easy thing to do. It's something you really have to work at over time. And he built that foundation that now you can 
run with because of all the work that he did back then. And now it's cool and trendy to be all of these things. (laughs) Totally. I'm like, God, how nice it is to actually be able to sit and go, oh, big businesses. Look, you guys are copying us now. How how interesting. Let's take a quick break to hear from one of the podcast sponsors. And I'm really excited for this one because it's something that I've been wearing recently. So if you guys are looking for a new swim and you're shopping for summer coming up, I've got some perfect ones for you guys to shop. Vitamin A is a sustainable swim and apparel brand and they're designed in Southern California. All their swimwear is made locally in Southern California and Vitamin A is the pioneer of sustainable swimwear. So in 2010, they created and launched the first swim fabric made from recycled fibers. They even have a patented plant-based swim fabric made out of castor bean oil. Their bikinis, bodysuits, and loungewear are designed to last with exceptional quality and a flawless fit. Every vitamin A purchase prioritizes the health of our planet. Through their partnership with 1% for the Planet, they give back a portion from every sale to organizations that protect our oceans. So I wanted to recommend a few of my favorites you guys can get from the site right now. One is this top that I love because it's great for larger sizes and it has really good support. It's the Kaya adjustable tieback top. It comes in this really beautiful cornflower blue color. And a must for me is a white button-up shirt. I love to wear this as like an outfit or layered over a bathing suit or, you know, from day to night over like a tank or a dress. They have the Playa Oversized Linen shirt. It comes in so many great colors, but I love the Eco Linen Gauze White. Okay, there's this and so much more to shop from their site. So hopefully you guys find some good picks for summer or like those tops you can wear all year long. So if you guys want to try them out just in time for summer, head to vitaminaswim.com to find your perfect bikini. Use code Mariana at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's Mariana at checkout for 20% off at vitaminaswim.com. So knowing that this was the path that you wanted to take, did you gear your school or any jobs to prepare you to eventually have this role? I did actually. That's a really good question. No one's asked me that before. So yes, I did actually. I was really intentional, even as a kid, of the kinds of learning opportunities and little unofficial internships I would take. For example, I remember working at my dad's attorney's office. It was a small office at the time. And I asked if I could just help answer phones for free and like organize for paperwork and things like that. Because I would answer phones at my dad's office to learn about customer service, using the phone lines, who, which department deals with what, if someone calls and has a question about this, who does that person go to? So I knew that was going to be a good part of my job training to learn kind of what goes where, but also like at the attorney's office, I wanted to have the experience of seeing it from a different advantage and learning how to organize legal documents and make sure things are collated correctly. I spent time Oh my God. I've spent time with kids as a teacher. I was a nanny and certain things like that. I'm like, this is patience. This is planning ahead. This is responsibility. This is running a team. Everything that I always leaned into learning was for the greater purpose of being just better at my life. And that plan always included my job, being a parent, having this job, I was really mindful of the different opportunities I would take. And I would find the lesson in all of them for a reason, knowing that it would be something I could apply to the future. I'm a huge, huge believer that you cannot look at anything from one angle. So I loved having different perspectives in different jobs and different industries so that I could truly have a healthier and more comprehensive view of the world. Yeah, I agree. I think from every job, no matter big or small or what you do, even the jobs I had in high school, I feel like there's something I take from those jobs. Like when I worked in high school, I worked in retail, not knowing one day that I would have a brand that sells in retail, but like knowing the experience of being somebody who works in a mall, I feel like now is so valuable to me. Even at the time, I had no idea 
that it would be helpful to me 20 years later. Yes, it's so true. And it's also kudos to you for taking the opportunity because I think even people listening to this, I I challenge you to ask yourselves, are we actively looking for the learning lesson in all of our experiences? Are we actively looking for the, if I'm present in this moment or at this job, even if it's a job that I hate or a circumstance that I hate, how can I actually use this as an opportunity? And I know that sounds really cheesy, but if you truly challenge yourself with it, even for like a day or just whenever you remember, okay, let me sit in this experience. Let me sit in this job and let me mindfully learn from it so that I can apply it. Then really nothing is a waste of your time. And if nothing else, you realize that something that is a waste of your time. Look, you just learned about being smart with your time and being more efficient. So there, it, the opportunity is everywhere. And I really think that if we just allow ourselves to see it that way, God, the world is just offers us so much education every second. And I think we miss it a lot because we're not looking for the education. We're just kind of looking to survive or looking to hit the goal. But man, there's a lot of value in these experiences. I know that you have your dream job now, but was there anything else that you ever considered doing professionally? Uh, Yes. And I still do. I absolutely will have this job until I'm certain my last dying breath. I love this so much. But in addition to this job, I also want to create something for myself. I've always had that dream. I've done even in college. So funny. I had like little businesses I would start and little films that I would license. I've always liked doing, having a certain aspect of being able to accomplish something separate. And I do still have that big dream. And that is something that is a part of my active life right now. I want to grow something also. I want to grow this and I want to grow a new thing. Oh, I want to get to this later because it's like you have a lot going on. So I need to know how you do it being like a mom of three and a business and doing all of those things is all very time consuming. So how are you mindful of like how you spend your time between work and personal? I'm mindful of it first and foremost, because I have very clear priorities. I know that for my kids, I like to be there for pickup and drop off for them at least nine out of 10 times. So my day is really scheduled from the second I drop them off. My phone calls can start. My phone calls end when I'm driving them to carpool and I work in between. Those are the windows of time that I allow myself in addition. And also because we're in so many countries and time changes, I might take something really, really early in the morning before anyone wakes up or later in the evening after kids are down or if it's, you know, kind of wind down homework time or they're at dance and soccer. I know those pockets because I know what my day is and my day is grounded in my kids and my family. So that right there kind of self-allocates my time. The other thing I've done is I lean in really heavily to, I prepare ahead of time always, even my kids, they have to have their stuff packed and ready and done the night before next to the car done preparing in advance. I'm really, really efficient with my time. I lean in a lot too. And I impress upon the team efficiency with time, time wasted is worse, worse, worse than money wasted in my opinion. So I think that the smartest thing that I can do too, as a leader is to really empower the team to go do I need to be at this meeting or can I ask for the recap after? It's okay to say no. It took me so long to learn that, but leaning into opportunities where you can make the best use of your time is something that everybody should be doing because then you don't feel like you're getting pulled in every direction. You're just getting pulled in the directions that 
are pertinent to what your bigger purpose is. And that makes it a lot less overwhelming. The other thing that I have to acknowledge too, is I am really, really lucky because I do have a great support system. I have a husband at home who adores our kids, thank God, and is great with them. I have an amazing executive assistant named Jess, who I just brought on for the first time ever. I'd never had an assistant. And I just brought her on like within two weeks of getting this promotion because the world started to just eat me alive. It felt like it was so overwhelming, but getting to a place where I could give myself permission to have support and to have help and knowing that I was so fortunate that I had the opportunity to do that. That was actually a really big personal victory for me because it took a lot of self-talk and a lot of self-patience and empathy to feel like I deserve to have someone help me. And it was major because actually just making that decision changed my mindset and it helped me be so much better about communicating expectation with other people and setting boundaries and being okay to say, I have to check my calendar before I just say yes, because God forbid I don't show up for someone. Heaven forbid I'm not there to say yes to everything or I can't deliver a hundred percent. Like that pressure was so daunting to me that being able to have this balance and to have people be so supportive has been really life-changing for me in every way. It has helped me find a much better balance because I've actually incorporated myself a little bit into the equation and that has had a shockingly profound effect on everything else, I have to say. You know, I feel like it's so important to have support and help. And then I feel like part of you wants to like, I don't know if you're this way, but I want to micromanage things. I want to be involved in everything. But there were some things that were just so time consuming that I was like, I didn't really need to be doing them. And now I've kind of handed them off and I'm like, okay, everything's fine. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, actually okay. Yeah. It's actually okay. Like I don't need to do this thing. My time is better spent somewhere else. It's speaking of, you were talking before about all the preparation you did to get you to where you are today. And you went to Pepperdine for organizational communications and psychology. And I feel like that's really important because it is really difficult to be the leader of a company. So what did you learn in school that you've applied today, or that could be helpful for other people who are leading a team? You know, I think the most I got out of school came from, it's not the stuff I memorized for the tests. It would be, and this is just how my brain works. It would be like just the random statement that I would hear a really wise professor say, or it would be like one chapter in a book that was particularly interesting to me. Education for me has always been like a buffet. You know, I kind of take what I want. I leave the rest and I'm really thirsty to learn. So I'm picky with the things that I, I want to adopt as my own thinking And so I actually first went to Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, not for fashion, but for product development. So it was a completely different perspective. And it focused a lot on the creatives, which I'm not very creative at all. And so I learned from that perspective. And then I went to Pepperdine and with organizational communications and industrial psychology, what I really took from it is the power of communication and the meaning behind things that are outside of your words. Did you know that only 9% of plastic actually gets recycled no matter how much we put into our recycling bin? At Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics for good. So Grove carries hundreds of products aimed at replacing single-use plastics across your home and personal care routine. And by 2025, Grove will be 100% plastic-free. Like Grove Co.'s concentrated cleaners and refillable glass bottles, they're friendlier to the planet and twice as effective as the leading natural brands. 
So switch to sustainable products for every room in your home from laundry care to hand soap and more. Groveco has you covered with safe formulas and refillable packaging that never compromise on performance. So I want to tell you about a few things that I got from my house recently. One is the Walnut Scrubber Sponge. First of all, I love this because it's actually a neutral looking sponge. So it looks beautiful on my kitchen. But not only is it a very cute sponge, which I never thought I would say a cute sponge. This is a game changing sponge because it's made from all plant and recycled materials. I also like to wipe down all of my counters and keep everything very clean. And they actually have compostable kitchen wipes, which I love this. It's 100% bamboo and they are tree-free compostable kitchen cleaning wipes. So they're made from these really strong absorbent bamboo fibers. And with every purchase, you help replant American forest land. And you know, we're all washing our hands a lot. And I also love when a hand wash just smells very good. So this is the hydrating hand soap. So it keeps my hands hydrated instead of feeling like dried out from washing them over and over again. And the scent is amazing. It's lemon and eucalyptus. Go to grove.com slash Mariana to get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus shipping is fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com slash Mariana, grove.com slash Mariana. So in your early years, you spent time between the warehouse and other departments and learning so many ins and outs of the business. Since you did this and you worked your way up the ladder, what did this process teach you? Everything. This process taught me everything really that I needed to know about this job in so many ways. I came into this business at birth, basically, and I've wanted to do it my whole life. No one asked me to, no one pressured me to. I wanted to with all my souls. And I always knew that if I wanted to be the most effective leader one day, I couldn't do that unless I understood the full repercussions of every one of my choices. So by me spending time, I insisted on it. I wanted to spend time in the warehouse. I wanted to spend time with accounting. I wanted to spend time with purchasing. I want to have conversations and ask about things I don't know. See how they literally touch a box. See how accounting literally, again, inputs this information. How do we print this thing out? Those tiny steps of just seeing someone's work through their eyes and through the department's perspective is everything. The decisions I make now seem simple, but I have this incredible superpower where in a second, a million different factors go through my head. They say, do you want to use a cap or a pump? Oh, it's not just about cap or pump. I have to think about forecasts and colors and skews, skew count, skew number. I have to think about the kind of plastic biodegradability. I have to think about European regulations. I have to think about special markings for Canada. I have to think about how we're rolling out this different package next year and how I might go with that shade of blue for this other (laughs) laughing because it's like I know exactly oh my god like it's right it's so many questions packed in every one question and I think you just miss the gift of knowing that if you skip over what all the other departments are doing and it's not just about asking what they think or asking how it impacts them you gotta put you gotta see it for yourself you have to touch it feel it and experience it and it's really, really valuable. I Ego does not exist for me at all at work. And that's been something that I think has probably, I would say, been the most helpful part of my entire career is the fact that there isn't an ego because it's allowed me to learn far more than I would if I were just a candidate that came in for the CEO position or a candidate that came in for any level job. It's amazing that I got to do that. And I know that people hear the word CEO and they don't really fully realize what that entails. They're like, oh, I want to be a CEO. And I'm like, but do you really? Because it's really difficult and there's, you're responsible for every department. So how would you describe your role as CEO? And like, what do you like to oversee and be most involved in? 
I oversee to a certain degree everything, but I do not micromanage. I love my team and I trust them very much. Um, I have regular connection points with all of them every week. Really. I'm meeting with most, if not all departments, and we have a very direct line of communication. I like to think of myself as CEO, as someone who is a leader, not a boss. My goal always is to maintain the ideals and the principles of our business while finding newer, stronger, more innovative ways to sell product. And marrying those two sometimes is really easy. And other times it's really, really tough, especially when you are looking at every industry changing so much and distribution is changing and retail changing and consumer habits. But that's my job. My job is to make sure that our soul stays the same, but then we can continue to be bigger and greater and think outside the box. And I like to think that as CEO, yes, I carry that per, that responsibility, which is insane, by the way. I'm like a mom who packs lunches and like all these people's livelihoods and the future of this incredible brand with these incredible big shoes to fill from this awesome guy falls on one human being is still surprising to me. But in carrying that responsibility, it's really a, it's a gift. Like I get the opportunity to lead by example for people that I really, really respect. And a lot of people I've known my whole life. So if I'm able to just be there to be the grounding force and the North star and to keep us all driving forward in a direction that challenges us all to grow and feel good. And at the end of the day, human, human, always that to me is my biggest responsibility. It's amazing. And your dad obviously had built such a great company that you get to run now. And I'd love to hear from you some of the best advice he's given you both personally and professionally. Oh, he's given so many. I would say there's a couple lines that he has that I really love and I live by every day. One is successful people do all of the things that unsuccessful people don't want to do. I think that goes back to ego and work ethic. If you want it, you you have to work for it. There's nothing beneath you. There's nothing above you. You just do it and you just make it happen. You know, that's one key difference. I think the other thing too, that I live by and my kids have this up in their room is in the end, it will all be okay. And if it isn't okay, it isn't the end. And it's so true for everything because it's easy to get caught up in the moment and to be reactive, which is something I am not. I have a really big picture perspective on things personally and professionally, and that helps me with everything. It's such sound advice. You know, if you look at the big picture, this is one wrinkle in time. The big picture is, yes, this feels like a catastrophe, but it's not a catastrophe. All these other things are going great. The things that really matter are ticking. You can't get caught up in that because then you end up just blowing in the wind and reacting to everything. So again, I just, those (laughs) things very hard. There's such gold though. If you can even remember sometimes it's very, very helpful. And just his, how he treats people. He does the right thing. I've been in many closed door meetings with him and he's the same then as he is in front of everyone else. I mean, I would tell you, we're one of the few companies that there would be no crazy whistleblow if people were sitting in our board meetings. Like they're just, they're nice people who are trying to do good things and we learn and we grow and we try. And at the end of it, you know, we just try to leave the world a better place than how we found it. And he really, you know, he led with that and relationships are everything. And people know when you're being genuine and when you appreciate them. And he's really good at that. 
Let's take a quick break to hear from one of the sponsors of this podcast. And you guys know wellness is very important to me. And I really like to take care of myself from the inside out. So I wake up in the morning, I have my water, I take my supplements, and there are daily supplements that I take. And then there are things that I'm using for very specific things, like if I want to help my skin or my hair or complexion. So at Hum Nutrition, it's their mission to help you look and feel your best. They've got clean, clinically proven nutrients, and they offer targeted solutions for specific goals, such as clear skin, hydrated complexion, strong hair healthy gut, consistent energy levels, better sleep, and more, which basically like check, check, check. I need all of those things. And all of their formulas are rooted in clinical research and ingredients are carefully sourced and meticulously tested for purity and potency. So I know sometimes it can be a little bit confusing of what to take, how much to take, like where do I even start? So to make it very easy for you, Hum has a very quick three-minute quiz. You just go to their site, take the quiz, and then Hum will match you with a registered dietitian and recommend a personalized supplement routine. Their Hum nutritionists are available to help you meet your nutrition goals wherever you might need them with convenient and flexible subscription options delivered right to your door. So it's so easy to stay on track and meet your goals. Of course, I've got to recommend the Hair Sweet Hair Vegan Gummies. These boost the body's ability to maintain healthy hair, vibrant hair, and support hair growth. There's also Daily Cleanse and Flatter Me and Gut Instinct, which you guys know I also have an episode all about gut health. So if you guys want to try these and so much more, go to humnutrition.com slash get started and get 20% off your first order of $39 or more with code Mariana. Again, that's humnutrition.com and that's 20% off with code Mariana. Well, when I get into some personal things, because we already talked about your non-negotiables with your personal life and your kids and how you manage time between kids and running a company, but do you have any apps that you like to use for organizing your life or to be more productive or efficient? No, no I don't fine. actually. Oh, you know what? Yes. Good notes on my iPad. I stand corrected. I love that thing. It's a little app on my iPad and I can share notes. I have a few different shareable notebooks on there where one is linked with my president of the business and with Jess. And then there's another one for just me and Jess. There's another one I have with another group. So it's nice because we can all share notes and meetings and kind of mark off for each other without being redundant. And again, that's just for efficiency and transparency and collaboration and transparency and collaboration are two huge pillars that I came in with in my leadership. So consistent with that, it really helps save us a lot of time. Good note. (laughs) That's a good one. And how do you make time for self-care? It's a really interesting question because I feel like everything that I do that takes up my time truly is stuff I enjoy, even when it's so stressful that I can barely pour into bed at the end of the night. I do love it and find fulfillment for it. So it's hard for me. I'm still working on that piece where I go, okay, I need to remove myself from this stressor to do something for myself because I almost, I'm still carrying that guilt of thinking that it is a stressor. If that makes sense. I'm sure that will resonate with someone listening to this. I'm like, I don't want to need a break from it. I love it. But the wellness piece is really important. So I take moments. If my favorite is if I get alone time in my car and I can just listen to music and there's just no one talking to me, the phone's not ringing. I'm not having to think about anything. I love taking a bath. I love getting massage. If I can find a little moment to do it, but my new thing right now is my skincare on my face. I've had to find the opportunity in that. So I'm like, instead of looking at that, like a chore, I'm going to change my thinking and I'm going to treat this as a self-care moment. So I like take a minute to really give myself like a nice little face wash and I like rub my lotion in. It doesn't have to be something outside of what you're already doing. I think it's just how you frame it. 
So I'm finding these little things in my day that I might already be doing, or that might be available to me. And I'm choosing to just see them as an opportunity for present self-care, as opposed to, this is just part of my daily maintenance. Mm, Present self-care. Yes. (laughs) Like just taking the time to like, enjoy these daily habits that we have to do anyway. Exactly. I don't really have the luxury of like going to do yoga every day or like, you know, having a ton of time with my friends. It's unfortunately, it's just not the nature of my life. So instead I choose to just reframe things that I'm already doing and to just choose, you know, to give myself love and mindful attention while I do it. And it's not, doesn't work for everybody, but for me and for my lifestyle and my low maintenance need, that's really where I'm finding the most amount of care for myself. Well, you guys have a lot of products. I'm sure you have some holy grails or favorites. If someone was trying the brand for the first time and they need a product, which Paul Mitchell product should they get? Oh my gosh. I know it's hard to pick a favorite. God, I have so many. I mean, off the top of my head, Super Skinny is just amazing. Tea Tree. Oh God, that Tea Tree tingle. I've never met one person that didn't love it. Tea Tree Special Shampoo and Conditioner. Absolutely. Super Skinny. Absolutely. I love our dry wash so much. It has saved me a lot. I love our actual old school originals. I use shampoo one, two, and three and the detangler at various times because they're different levels of detoxifying and balancing the hair. I really, I mean, I could go on. You could have a whole podcast on this, but these are also great names for products. Like I love the naming of everything too. I'm like, Ooh, super skinny serum. What is this? I need to try it. Oh, it's the best. It's like the greatest ever. But it's funny because the naming conventions of the originals, shampoo one, shampoo two, the conditioner, the detangler, it's very much consistent with John Paul's naming conventions on everything. He, our animals growing up, like we had a chow dog and his name was Mr. Chow. We had two peacocks. It was Mr. Peacock and Mrs. Peacock. Like he's so straightforward with his naming and it still works because people know they're like, oh, Shampoos one, two, and three. And this is literally a conditioner, an A detangler. Um, I want to end with some advice you have for aspiring female entrepreneurs. Do you have any resources you like, either books you read, podcasts you like, any resources that you think could be helpful? I love Brene Brown. I have to say, I really, really do. I found a lot of strength in that. My friends really are my resources. I have some really incredible friends who've grown to do incredible things that are women in this space. Miranda Kerr has been my best friend forever. Lily Aldridge is incredible. And she's always been such a great pillar of just staying sweet. And they're all women who are really great at what they do. And they're strong and smart and savvy. And they never lost who they are and being gentle about it with other people and being kind and respectful while still being strong. Jen Adkin is a baller. We've been friends since we were teenagers and we always have, you know, helped each other as we grew before either of us were anything. We were friends and supporting each other. And those are the kinds of conversations where I really get the most support and insight because we're all in the same boat and we're all here to lift each other up. There's no weird, you know, competition. So lean into your friends, lean into your loved ones. Even if they're not in your industry, they have a lot of wisdom and they probably know you well. And the one piece of advice, if I can just give one, and I wish I would have learned it earlier. Don't go big. Don't go small. Stand your sacred ground. I think as women, we're so preconditioned to think that to play with boys, we have to really toughen ourselves up and act big or to be not too off-putting. We have to be really feminine and we have to go small. You don't do that. Don't change your size or your shape for anybody. Stand your sacred ground, 
feel stable in who you are. And that will keep you from being reactive and from making choices that aren't authentic to you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. There's so many quotable moments from this episode that I love. And thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.